Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Business of Restoration by Next Gear Solutions, a podcast exploring technology and the best practices in the restoration industry. All right, welcome to The Business of Restoration. I am Garrett Gray, CEO and founder of Next Gear Solutions, and my guest with me today is Holly Murray, the president of First Team. Uh, full disclosure, uh, Holly and I have uh, already done this. Uh, we started this <laughs> podcast. Uh, we are remote. This is uh, COVID quarantine days. <laughs> you may hear children in the background screaming on either side, potentially. Um, but we got like five minutes into our recording and the internet just went out and we are now starting all over. So if this first part feels a little weird, it might just be because uh, it feels like Groundhog Day to us, uh, but <laughs> it was gold. So we're going to try to recapture uh, the gold uh, yeah. that we had. So, but it, it, I mean, just to get into this, like it, we are now in this COVID situation, Holly, and I don't know if this is happening to you very often, but I feel like internet has gotten worse uh, in the last couple months, just in general. Oh, yeah. And I feel like, especially maybe because my kids are home um, doing Streaming. schoolwork from home, <laughs> right. I tend to yell at them a little more than usual. <laughs> I will be the first parent to be like, get off the internet! <laughs> um, especially if I have like a carrier Zoom call or a right. Zoom call. And, um, you know, I think most people are understanding that we're in a whole new world, right? Um, it's it just is. different. And so the reality is, if I'm at home and my kids are home, there is a possibility that one of them may come in and be like, mom. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I put a sign on the door that said, do not disturb. <laughs> right. And how, how old are your kids, Holly? They're 11 and 14. So I'm okay. actually lucky because yeah, so I've got super self-sufficient. <laughs> and they can read signs that you put on the door. I've got, you know, <laughs> all my kids are under four and they do not understand uh, how this works. So there right. is. <laughs> well, and especially since you're like me, where we travel a lot and yeah. we're always on the go that when we're home, it's usually family time. Right. So that's right. If I'm here. They don't understand that. That doesn't mean mom's here. <laughs> that, yeah, it's a whole new work-life balance and boundary setting that I, everyone is dealing with uh, these days and I think is is really uh, uh, been a challenge, at least for me and I know for, for everybody. And I would say it gives us a whole new level of respect for teachers and, yes. um, you know, my husband stays at home and there's a whole respect level for that that I never had before, where now I'm like, wow, now I get it, how you got nothing done all day. <laughs> Now, like this may be a completely inappropriate topic, especially this, you know, uh, early in the podcast. So feel free to <laughs> not answer. <laughs> but uh, this goes like a, a big part of like just my life, right? Is is being out at conferences, entertaining, you know, clients, being with clients, you know, our friends, essentially, you, um, uh, other people in the industry, insurance carriers, contractors, like. The, especially this time of year, right? Like this is the trade show season, right? Yeah, that's when you get to see everyone. <laughs> right. And so like like anybody who knows me knows, like I sort of struggle with my weight. You and I have had conversations about my weight before. Like this is like something I like attribute to the fact that I travel so much and that I, you know, because of like all of that entertaining, like drinking is a big part of um, of the culture. And, you know, what we do is we're, you know, gathering together with contractors so as this started, I said to myself, like, okay, so I am not 
like for as long as I don't have to travel, I guess I won't have to drink. And so I'm just going to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know where this is going. Um, that has not turned out well. I am drinking more now, I think, than I did on the road. I've gained more weight. So I, I don't know what's going to happen when trade shows come back. I'm either going shopping for new suits or um, or I'm going to have to do something uh, to get back in line. But this is this has been a, a whole new you know challenge in terms of, you know, just how we eat, live, and work out. Like, it's it's crazy. Oh, it definitely is. And it's funny. I joked the whole COVID-19. I don't know if that's a weight measurement, like a freshman <laughs> that's 20 right. or... That's 100%. Um, yeah. So, and I think there's, like, people that are going one way or the other. And so it's 50-50. I'm either talking to people who all of a sudden, because they're not traveling, they are. They're eating healthy. They're exercising every day. They're going to people that lost 19 pounds during this. And then there's the opposite where there's those of us that eat and drink our feelings. And so maybe we're going to gain the 19 pounds. Well, um. I have definitely gained the 19 pounds. I will hopefully be the one who yo-yos back down and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of get back on track here. I hope, I don't know how long we're going to be in the situation, but hopefully long enough for me to get back down to, to my normal weight. Well, uh, I guess enough of, uh, uh, my weight. I don't think anyone uh, really <laughs> cares about that. You know, look, I, so one, I, I should give some context. Uh, I think, you know, the context of COVID is really important for understanding, you know, any sort of quality issues or kids screaming in our podcast. It also means we're not together. Um, which I, you know, it, typically in these past in the past have liked doing podcasts where I could actually, you know, sit and, and chat with someone. But, um, I think, you know, you're a perfect uh, uh, person to do this remote with just because you and I have known each other for so long. And I was actually thinking earlier, like, how long have we actually known each other? So I, I think for me, I go back to when you first kind of came into the marketplace. I remember meeting you at, I don't know if it was a PLRB or a contract. I think it was a PLRB. Some industry event. Um, and we demoed some of your software back then. And interesting enough, we didn't join on right away, but we were very interested in watching the change in our industry as a whole related to software and technology. And I think even watching it right now through the pandemic has been amazing. I kind of wish I bought some Zoom stock or right. go-to meeting stock at the beginning of this, but yeah. You know, that is, it's becoming a new world and virtual has moved into the restoration field. If you had asked me if I, we would be virtually live facing with adjusters and contractors uh, five years ago, I would have said, no way, we'll never get there. <laughs> so. Yeah. Like I, I, I see this whole virtual path that we were already on. Like we've been talking about this for how long, right? Like the fact that things, you know, inside outside models with adjusters, things were going to be coming, you know, more, more virtual and, and, and let less touch. But this has just accelerated it like nothing I've ever seen. I mean, this is unprecedented at the rate that things are moving. Um, what, what do you think will be the biggest change as a result of this going forward? I, I think several. I think, obviously, if it's not this pandemic, it put the fear, I think, and concerns in so much of our population about how much interaction and how much touch that we have. And so I think it heightens the awareness to our industry as far as how we disinfect or how we clean. Whereas I would have said in the past, as long as it was clean or a perception of clean, that was good enough. Now yeah. I think people are going to want better transparency in that, as well as I think 
I mean, I don't know if you saw, but a carrier had a big announcement that they're closing more and more of these adjusting locations because they realized how easy it is to have remote staff. And I think that will be a wave. I think it was already happening. I think it's just going to happen more permanently post COVID. Yeah. And, and I won't necessarily name any particular carrier, but on a related note, like, you know, COVID, uh, absolutely accelerated some rollouts we had in terms of automating, um, you know, quality for, um, for carriers and, and how they're looking at estimates and, uh, and in trying to get to a more virtual, you know, low touch, um, uh, operation. I think o- almost every carrier we're talking to now is having to grapple with, can we actually put an adjuster safely inside someone's home? And if not, like, what do we do? And what, how does technology play a part? How do contractors play a part? How do, um, you know, like we go look services like seek now, um, uh, play a part that there's, there's a whole new kind of workflow that's emerging, um, that's requiring all sorts of, uh, you know, people and, and technology to, to essentially reduce the amount of times adjusters need to actually be in the field. Yeah, and especially during a time of some shortages regarding PPE, obviously contractors, we all, all of us on the restoration side are equipped with varying PPE because it's been a need in our industry forever. So the reality is, is if they can send us out to be their eyes and ears in the field in partnership with them, with an insured, and we can now virtually walk the claims and discuss things with them, that is, I think, going to continue to escalate our level of technology in the field. The days of handwritten scopes are long behind us for sure. <laughs> that's that's 100% right. Well, okay, I'm now realizing that I might have made a pretty fundamental mistake um, because I know you so well and everyone I know knows you so well. I'm assuming that everyone knows who you are and what first team is. And that was you know maybe a bad assumption. So let me like step back for a second. Um, and let's talk a little bit about first team. Uh, I, the way I look at first team, and I'll ask you to correct me if I'm wrong and kind of add to, to, to my view here is that first team is, is the leading, uh, textile electronic restoration provider, um, that, uh, handles from a restoration context and insurance restoration, just like a regular restoration contractor, but focused on textiles and electronics. Is that the right we read? Yeah, absolutely. That's really good. That would be part of an elevator pitch for us as a company, for sure. Textile and electronics vendor. Um, I consider us more of a service partner, whether it's a partner to our contractors that are out there doing mitigation and structure or con- you know, a partner to our carrier clients where we're handling a variety of different contents on claims, whether it's soft, whether it's electronics. Um, we do some level of total loss inventory, depending on the client right now. I think we just look at ourselves as a partnership and how we can help both the insured and the contractor and the insurance carrier on the claim. And how do we mesh all of those together as best of our ability? And it kind of varies, right? We work with some contractors who want us to handle the certain certain items and not certain items, right? There's contractors who maybe do a level of electronics restoration in-house and others that don't. Some that maybe handle fluff and fold laundry 
through varying washers in-house, but they don't do dry clean only items or wools or window coverings or specialty pieces. So we're able to kind of meld with each of our clients based on their needs. And even on the insurance carrier side, some of them are interested in our, you know, we've always done some level of inventory and total loss inventory related to textiles and electronics. And some now are asking us to help facilitate some of that in the field as well, given what they need at the time. I think, you know, for all of us, you, I would tell you that every customer is different, just like every homeowner is different and their needs may be different right now. Yeah. And I think what's unique about your company and the perspective that, that gives you not, not to forget, you know, the length of time you've been in the industry, but the perspective of serving both contractors, homeowners and carriers or, you know, all three stakeholders. And so you get to work pretty intimately uh, with contractors all over the country. You guys are a nationwide provider. Um, and, and so and you, Canada. And, and Canada. Canada. Oh, lest I forget. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Don't forget about Canada. A North American provider. So basically what I, what I was saying is that what I love about the perspective that you can share with our listening audience is that uh, you actually work on a, on a nationwide basis, both in the U S and Canada. Um, and you work with contractors and carriers alike, but you get to see great operations in, in, from a contractor perspective. And while you wouldn't name any names, um, you get to see some of the worst operations, I'm sure as well. And so I, I'm sure you have some pattern recognition around like what works and what doesn't work and what makes uh, contractors successful and what doesn't. Yeah, I love that question. And I think it's really interesting. One of the things that you touched on is we do get to work with some of the best and maybe some of the most challenging, right? And I like the way you I put, put it. this question out to the team really on, you know, my sales and marketing reps, and there are a ton of them, have a very close relationship. I have long-term relationships with a lot of our contractor clients and even carrier clients, but I think it still always comes down to service, right? How we service the client. And it's interesting I think when I look at the great contractors, they put customer service both with their internal and external customers at the top, right? So they take incredibly high level care for their employees. They take incredibly high level of care for the homeowner's belongings that we're handling. Um, They find out what their needs are on the claim. Um, We internally do this goosebump moment where we find out what's really important and we try and specialize in that. And I think, you know, they partner with us on that high level of service. And I think too, the ones that are really just going above and beyond, they have very engaged teams. So there's no level of disconnect between what's changing in our environment. And they are also really open to change. I mean, the companies that I see that struggle the most are the ones that are just not willing to look at any level of change. So they consider change the root of all evil. You hear them talk all the time on, well, you know, back in the good old days, and you know, we used to be (laughs) as if if those days are ever coming back. Right. Um, Because they're not. (laughs) <laughs> right. They're not. <laughs> they're, they're definitely not coming back. They're, they're definitely long behind us. And, 
You know, change has been really interesting. I know you asked me a little bit about my move. So I have been with the company well over 20 years. I have a very interesting perspective because I started out really as a field person. So I would go out in the field, meet with customers. I would clean shoes and clean laundry. I mean, I really did start at the entry level with that first team. And it's been really interesting getting opportunities to move up in that position and work with different contractors on a field position versus at more of a managerial position. And the reality is, is it's change and the people who embrace that change, whether it's the pandemic and COVID, the people that I have people even on my own teams who deal in that concern and fear of the uncertainty of the future. Yeah. The reality is, the future has always been uncertain. <laughs> That's so true. Um, it's just the unknown that scares most of us and how we deal with our staff and how we deal with our customers and those concerns and fears. The companies that are killing it right now and doing high volume know how to embrace that change and work with people on how to deal with those fears and concerns. So this is like a leadership issue, right? And and one of the things that that I have always respected about you is your positive outlook, your ability to inspire people to uh, to change with you and embrace you know a vision that you have, um, and and for them to love doing it while they're doing it, no matter what it is. Like that's something that I think is a hallmark of just what I've noticed about you. Why do you think that is? We look at all these different leaders and and different you know owners of restoration companies, and you see some that can do it really well, and some that really struggle. Constant turnover with their staff, lots of cultural problems. Do you think you've got some magic dust that you could sprinkle on <laughs> the, the the listening audience? Yeah, um, I. I may be giving away by my age, but I do not winkle, wiggle my nose to make things happen. <laughs> You're not a genie <laughs> in the bottle, huh? I'm not a genie in a bottle. No, I mean, I think the thing, and I, I think where I've been so blessed and where First Team has seen such success is our leadership's why. If you talk to anybody within yeah. the leadership industry, our why has always been to help others. Like that's yeah. what drives us. That's what gives us a level of happiness. So whether it's I'm helping an employee embrace and work through a sense of fear with COVID or whether it's the why of working with a homeowner on helping them manage their claim, the passion and joy that you get from helping others is real. The companies yeah. that are successful, they connect on that why and I think the people that struggle with change, it may be just that their why isn't that. Or they're, yeah, like, because, you know, I've observed people who say the right things, but it's not <laughs> authentic either. So it's like, you can't put up a poster that says we're here to serve people and that just be your cultural plan, right? Like it has to really resonate with you. And, and if that's not it, like that's okay, right? But what is it going to be? that, you know, that actually, um, you know, drives your company to be passionate about what it does. I think passion is another um, differentiator. Like you, you exude passion. Um, and so maybe the passion isn't just about the why of, of helping others, which I think is like the most honorable and probably most effective why. But what do you think about passion? Oh, God. Yes. I mean, 
it is uh, over the years, right? There's not always happy times. There's challenging times. Um, I've had what I refer to as an opportunity to step in and take over some of our company owned stores from a leadership level um, that were struggling, right? The sales were in the dumps or the culture in the office was struggling um, because we maybe had bad leadership in play at the time. And I think I look at those as opportunities because think of all the people that you really get to. I have some amazing managers that lead their teams, whether it's in California or Washington or Oregon. We have some amazing leaders within the first team brand and the, the joy that they get from making somebody's life internally or externally better. It's their passion. You can feel it. You can't fake that. It's yeah. You exude it. And how do you, how do you find that? So I, I talk to lots of owners who are, trying to find the right people, struggle finding the right people, have a lot of churn. Uh, another, you know, uh, I know this is not the Holly show, but I'm just being honest. Like, <laughs> like I just think the people around you I've always been impressed with. And, and so it, how, do you, how do you personally you know, decide, yep, that's someone I want to be on my team? I mean, I think it's like anything. I'm a go with your gut kind of person. And I think that most people that when you meet them, you can tell, are they good people? Do they care about others? You know, those are important things. And that's something that you can't necessarily, you can lead them down that path and teach them the joy. But the reality is they, that if it's not their passion, that will come out at some point and be a a disconnect between you and your teams. Um, and I would say luck has something to do with it. Um, <laughs> and it's going to sound weird, but not everyone on my team came from within our industry. We often only look within our narrow restoration industry. That's Some so of true. the most successful people that we have came from an accounting background or came from renting cars or, but their passion for helping people came through in the interview. And I think when you're interviewing and looking for people, look for people who share your passion, not the tasks. Mm. The tasks are teachable. Um, Look for somebody who's going to make the right decision because it's the right thing to do, not because it's a numbers thing to do. You know, I joke with people, we screw stuff up sometimes. That's a reality. But are we going to take care of it when we do? And can we passionately make sure that we're taking care of. Same with your employees. Yeah, I think taking care of your employees is so important. Uh, you know, it, it, I think lots of businesses that you look at, you can sort of tell, um, not just in the in our industry, but you can tell how well the company takes care of their employees based on how those employees treat you. And I think if you want, if customer service is important to you. Uh, as an owner, like the way you treat your employees are, is going to be reflected in how they treat your customers. And if you don't think your employees are providing great customer service, you might want to look in the mirror first and 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 see if there's a, a behavior you're uh, exhibiting that that's affecting that. Yeah, I'm a big, you know, you uh, there's a very famous song about you got to change who you are if you want change in the world. <laughs> that's right. Um, right. And I mean, that's real. So when challenges come up, I tend to always look at myself first. 
you know, if we damage something or all of a sudden we're damaging more things than we used to, or we lost a client because of a service issue, or we're struggling from a marketing and sales perspective, right? All of a sudden you have an office that's down in sales. I, I tend to, okay, what can I do differently to help fix and support that first and foremost? Great. Yeah. Now I bring the team in. Here's what I think I can do to help us. Now, what do you guys think that you can do to help us and collaborate with them in the team? You know, we, I'm a huge fan of team. I still play on team sports. I'm all about the team. I <laughs> signs everywhere that says together, everyone achieves more, right? That's what team stands for. And I, I'm a, I also believe that if you have a member of the team that's not fitting, you need to remove them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I I fully agree with you. I think it's hard for a lot of us. I think I know it's been hard for me in the past and still is, you know, a, a struggle, uh, I think, every day. Like, if you can look at yourself first, um, one, it kind of keeps your ego in check. So, you, you know, it's really easy to assume you're doing everything right. But What's great is if you can discover that it is you that that needs to be fixed, it's so much easier to fix yourself than to try to get others to be fixed. And so knowing that you've got control over the situation, because if you can change something about yourself um, and and improve the situation, to me is usually comforting as opposed to, okay, now how do I get you know, people to come along on this journey and, and getting people to change themselves is actually a whole lot more difficult in my experience. Oh, definitely. And I think it's interesting now that I work with our franchisees, right? And I get that opportunity to work with them on helping their businesses grow and how they're working in their local marketplace, how their relationships are in their local marketplace are so critical. And instead yeah. of me just coming in, right, as the franchisor saying, here's what you need to do. I like to come in and say, here's what we're going to do. And and I think you, sometimes you need to find out what is their why? What is their goal? If you want to help somebody, it doesn't necessarily mean you get to help them based on what you think they need. That's right? true. That's true. <laughs> I, mean, I, I joke, but you know, there's plenty of things my, my poor husband would be like, I'm sure Holly would be like, here's what I need to do different, <laughs> right? Because that's how I see it. But yeah. the reality is it may not be how they see it. And I think that yep. that's so critical is, and, and it's just a level of respect for others. I would say that I've worn so many different hats after the years that it's great to, yeah, it's awesome that I have this title, but that's not who I am. Who yeah. I am is still the person that would go out on a job and still go out in the field and do a pack out and meet with an insured to ensure that we're still delivering that same level of service. Yeah, absolutely. I I also think to you know emphasize a point you made earlier. It, it's still critical, I think, for the team to see leaders be able to make hard decisions when when people are just not fitting on the team or not carrying their weight. Um, I, in the past, I've been I've been using this kind of coach methodology or example, I should say. Um, where like, you know, leaders are coaches and really we are sports teams and, and really we shouldn't be looking at ourselves as families necessarily. At least that's my humble opinion. Um, because if you look at yourself as a family, it's sort of hard to kick people out of the family. But 
you know, when you look at yourself as a team, you know, sometimes you got to trade players or, you know, players no longer fit. And, and usually it's, it's a, a positive thing for that player to, to be put onto a different team or, you know, have them freed up to do something else if, if they're not fitting as opposed to just kind of letting that situation be stagnant. And I think that's another uh, quality I see in, in good leaders, ones that are willing to make those changes when needed, but also like that's not their first go-to move, right? Their first go-to move is to to coach up and challenge and teach and uh, you know, try to find the passion individually uh, for each player to figure out what gets them to perform. And uh, my my uh, experience here with with great leaders in our industry and in others is that those who are really good at that, um, all of those things are um, are more successful than those who aren't. Well, and you know, you attract great talent that way. So right, because I mean, you know, A players want to play with A players, right? Like if yeah. you have a bunch of C players, you're not going to attract A players, and well, I think that's true. We all want to be on a winning team, right? We all That's want right. to be positively influenced. When you see that level of passion and success, other greats become attracted to that, right? And That's, right. That's a reality. And, you know, I know there's tons of different topics about attracting great talent and how to do that. But there, there is some truth to that. You know, when I look at who's really killing it in the industry right now and what they're doing, one of the biggest advice I have for clients when they're like, well, what is that company doing over that company? I would say some of it is they're attracting great talent and how they're attracting great talent is through that's great right. leadership. Yep. That's a hundred percent. Right. So because we're in this COVID situation and we don't know how long it's going to last, we don't really know what the lasting impacts um, of, of this will be. Although I, I think we have some good ideas uh, in terms of how technology is going to accelerate and how um, I think it's even more important uh, that people uh, get more paperless. Um, one, people don't want to be signing paperwork anymore. I mean, uh, someone came to deliver something to my house the other day and they actually wanted me to take their pen and sign their paperwork. And I looked at them like they were crazy. Um, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, look, do I, what do I, really? Um, right. so what do you, what is first team doing or what are you seeing others do that is in response to that, uh, that you think is going to last, um, even post COVID? Yeah. I mean, paperless is just the world that we're living in. Right. And so obviously, not only is it paperless, but I mean, we on the onset of COVID had to make some internal changes where, you know, when we call clients, whether it's a contractor, carrier, or insured, and we're talking through the beginning stages of the new loss, right? An opportunity, what they need, what they want. I would say that that has increased significantly. You know, before it was get out here now, here's the address, we'll talk and walk through everything when you're on site. The Got reality it. is, that people don't want you on site having, you know, 20, 30 minute conversations. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so the opportunity to do that in advance, um, I think becomes so critical for our success. We also now are using within Nextgear, obviously, the system of sending documents that we would normally get signed on site. We mm. now are using that email capacity to be able to email them out ahead of time. 
so that we can walk an insured through the process so that we can even do touchless claims, right? So That's amazing. We can set it up. We can do paperwork. We can send it to them. They can sign it using the software. It gets uploaded. We can walk them through the process. They can already separate out their emergency textiles or electronics, right? We can yeah. already walk through virtually with them, right? Through live video now and walk through the law site, have them upload pictures to us using Pro Assist so that we can already kind of walk the loss with them without even being on site so that they technically, we may not ever have to have a face-to-face -face contact. You know, you have people who have real fears right now with this pandemic and For rightfully sure. so because they're high risk and they may have reasons not to be able to face-to-face -face meet. So you've got to be able to meet, still meet the needs of your customers using yeah. technology. And look, like as, as we're talking about this, I'm also thinking, oh gosh, like, you know, I know there's like a big like divide, you know, even politically, which we don't get into politics on the show, but, um, but, <laughs> right. <laughs> but there is, but it's applicable here in that there is this big divide. Like, is there, is this a huge overreaction, right? Like, and, you know, have we destroyed our economy, you know, for something that's more akin to the flu or, or, you know, is this not akin to the flu? And, and again, I'm not going to get into that here, but I think it's worth raising in that no matter what you think about, you know, is this overblown? Is this, you know, are we kind of being crazy? I think that it's still important um, as a business owner to take the most strict interpretation of how people feel since you don't know and set up your processes to address that regardless if you think this is you know crazy or that this is completely overblown or that we are just you know going down the wrong path as a country i think that can't creep into your business and you still need to be thinking how do i do this no touch how do i do this with low contact just like you said like we used to have 30 minute conversations face to face with the homeowner we're breathing the same air people are not going to be comfortable with that anymore, both employees and potentially, and, you know, primarily customers and everything from pizza delivery. Now you watch the commercials and they're like, Hey, out of our 400 degree oven into a box, no one touches it. We put it on your, your doorstep, ring the doorbell and say you later. Like th this is now culturally what's the expectation. And I just think it's important that regardless of how you look at it, that you kind of follow those expectations because it's your business. Well, and as a business owner, obviously, there's a liability aspect that you always Absolutely. have to be concerned with. Um, if all of a sudden you have an employee that tests positive, did, could they have infected an employee or a customer out in the field? Or for us, because we maybe meet with contractors, you know, those are real liability concerns that every business owner would be worried about. That's but right. I think there's also, you know, I think of it this way, right? It's still just change, whether you agree with it or disagree with it. And I put it this way, when we go into a home, right, and we're dealing with an insured, every insured, right, has a different level of expectation of how the claim is going to look. I have right. walked into a closet where the homeowner's shirt color matched the color of the hanger, right? <laughs> really? And, oh, yeah. And if it came out of this drawer, their level of expectation is that it goes back in that drawer. And I guarantee every contractor has had one of those, right? Just to be clear, that would not be my closet or my drawer. <laughs> <laughs> not uh, that organized. Mine either. It definitely has a lot of variety of sizes, but other than that. <laughs> I'm lucky um, if my clothes get into a drawer or onto a hanger, <laughs> if I'm being fully transparent. 
Oh yeah, fully transparent. My sizes range depending on what time of the year it is. So. Mine too. <laughs> um, but one of the things I would say is, I think in our industry we're used to on a customer service level looking at each of those customers differently and knowing that you can offer a different level of service to each of those customers, right? That yeah. is something that we can do, right? Where, you know, somebody else, maybe they only need stuff done as fluff and full laundry because that's their level of expectation, whereas somebody else needs everything pressed versus, you know, this TV is a $20,000 TV. They're going to have a different level of concerns regarding the cleaning and restoration of that versus the person who bought theirs for $199 at Walmart on a special. And I think the reality is when you're dealing in contents or even with homes, you know, the the level of expectation is different. If you take the same approach with how you've handled those in dealing with COVID, you will be successful because you'll realize that you need to be able to offer customer touchless opportunities to get those clients. Or if all you're waiting for is to only deal with customers that just don't care, um, you know, that's obviously an option as well, but I think that's going to have a negative impact on your business if you're not willing to change and offer additional paperless, touchless offerings. And, you know, I think that's the reality of it. And I think even for the people that are doing board ups or water losses, or if you're chasing claims, you know, if you're getting it direct where, you know, there is sometimes a disconnect between the contractor and the insurance company, I think even on those, those customers are still going to have a different level of expectation. Yeah. And look, I think we can complain about it. Uh, we can, it, it definitely you know, means we have to change, you know, how we operate. We're all changing how we operate. I, I think the silver lining uh, for contractors is, is actually kind of interesting. Uh, I, I don't know if, if you hear this common complaint, but over the last couple of years, I've just heard that the the amount of new competition, uh, new entrants into our market has been, you know, frustrating. And you know, to be, use a disrespectful term, any chuck in a truck, you know, can now call yeah. themselves a restoration contractor. Um, I, I think these moments elevate and raise the bar on what it means to be a a proper restoration contractor, and 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 really those who have been in business for a long time who can respond. Uh, to these new requirements um, and who can keep, you know, pushing that bar up should welcome that opportunity because all it does is it makes it more difficult for, you know, the chuck in the truck um, to, to be a true competitive threat. Yeah. I mean, the reality of our industry is here, right? And so the, the environment with the pandemic and what's going on economically in the country is real. And so we've already seen a number of we'll call them chuck in a truck, but retail dry cleaners who've been severely impacted and had to close our doors. And mm. if, if that's our competitor on a textile restoration claim or fabric restoration claim, we're going to see some attrition in that, right? Because all of a sudden the, we call them dollar cleaners, but the dollar cleaner around the corner is likely going to go out of business during the financial crisis. So you're right on the flip side of that as a, company that is ahead of the times and using technology and offering a high, high level of service, you will succeed and prevail through what could be a very beneficial time for you to really 
engage your teams, grow your company, think outside the box. Not everyone loves change like I do. Sometimes people need this type of situation to have forced change, but forced change can be just as beneficial to look at things like technology and lack of contact and look at claims maybe differently than you've ever looked at them before. And what a great time to go recruit. I mean, we yeah. are in an industry. <laughs> we are in, like, in, in, I, I'm talking to my team, right? And and like everyone on my team knows somebody, like personally knows somebody that has been affected, lost their job, had to take a huge pay cut, et cetera. And, you know, look, there was some scary moments in the data. Like we track the data for our industry because, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot, large portion of, of claims flow through one of our platforms. And so we kind of track it on an aggregate level. And we were looking at, you know, was Washington and California, New York going to be a bellwether and tell us that, you know, uh, states are going to start seeing a huge drop in uh, job starts. And, and we saw some concerning, you know, uh, levels in the trend, but I'm talking like, you know, was it 10% down? Um, was it, you know, down because of weather? Cause we had a mild winter. Like we were like really trying to decipher through the data. Like, is there a true like major COVID impact? And I'm talking to other, you know, CEOs of other technology companies and their customers had 90% drops. Like it was like, nope, this, like our customers are completely out of business. And so all that to say, like, we're fortunate, all of us, to be in an industry that is not economically driven, that still is an essential service. Um, you know, people are going to want to get, you know, water pumped out of their homes and sewage pumped out of their homes. And those things are still going to happen. Uh, electronics are going to have to be restored. Uh, people are going to have to get their their clothes uh, dry cleaned when there's been a, a smoke loss or any sort of, you know, peril. And so, like this is a great opportunity for us to all go out and recruit from these companies that have had to let good people go. And so like if now is the time to kind of upgrade, you know, the people around you and and add people to your team, like this is a great time uh, to be building your company. It's really interesting that you say that because that was probably one of the biggest things that happened for us out of the gate is, you know, we had employees out of fear, concerns, or high risk that took leave, right? When all of this started to roll out. So we needed to hire almost immediately in a number of locations. And so it was really interesting working with the managers about the quality of applicants. Because if you think about it, everyone could have just sat home and collected unemployment for a period of time, right? That's true. People that were out applying are people that want to work that have a strong passion and desire. And if you can find them to have that same connection with you for helping others, you know, I am a part of so many different groups and seeing people that like reached out, uh, Jim, my predecessor as president volunteered at Meals on Wheels a couple of days a week to help, you know, because the volunteer society all of a sudden was out of people you know, to help because the majority of their volunteers are elderly. And so, you know, we had the Life Center up in Washington that was so badly, I called it ground zero for a while. You know, we were doing daily laundry service for them because they didn't have staff. And the ability to hire right now has been a strong push for us. Um, I know that I've been working with our team to ensure that when you think of sales or marketing, because I feel like 
our industry as a whole is always looking for sales. Great salespeople always need a That's great right. sales Always. Person. Always. Um, now is probably the strongest time I've ever had looking for salespeople. Because if you think of all the service focused salespeople, anyone in the restaurant industry right now. Right. Tourism. Tourism. Hotel. Uh, hotel. Entertainment. Yeah. I mean, like the 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 basket that we get a pull from right now fit incredibly well with Absolutely. what we do in helping others. And like just to be able to say to these people and to your own team, like this is why it's great to be at this company or great to be at, in this industry. Like, look, this industry can be hard, right? Like if we're all really honest, like we're dealing with people at their one of their hardest moments, right, in their life. That doesn't that means sometimes we take the brunt of of their emotions and and it's difficult, you know, working environments. Like this is not an easy industry, but this is one of those times where you can actually celebrate like this industry, like, you know, not only helping people through a really important time and guess what? Like we're the group who's going to go clean up um and and make spaces safe for people again. Um, but we also don't have to worry about our jobs and, and we're going to be able to grow and thrive in this industry. I just think that is a great recruiting uh, message. It's a great message, you know, to kind of pump up your staff, um, et cetera. I know it's, I know it's been great for us, you know, at next gear, cause you know, we support the people who do that and that's our why. Um, and, and so, um, it's, it's really, it's really helped us, you know, kind of solidify our cultural values. And I would definitely say like right now is probably when you think about COVID and change and fear, right? The biggest thing for that is helping others that helps us deal with some of the drama or tragedy around COVID. And so I always encourage people, we have an incredible ability to help others. Yes, it's very difficult. Yes, it's it's hard to be the brunt of those level of emotions, but that is also the most rewarding work that you can have, knowing that you're going to put somebody's life back together That's and right. the reward that you get from that will also actually benefit you physiology-wise, right? There's a lot yeah. of studies around that, that helping others, doing volunteer work, this is what brings a level of pleasure and happiness to you as well. And so you can appeal to that within those hiring opportunities is this is a such a rewarding industry to get into. And yes, somewhat recession proof, which right yeah. now is a big deal. It's a big deal. Well, and, and, you know, one of the things that you said earlier that I just want to quickly circle back to, because I think, you know, part of what we try to do on, on this podcast is also provide some just practical um, and, you know, technology type uh, um, advice. So um, you guys are using some of our tools um, that I just want to quickly highlight um, because I think it's important um, that people understand you know, a lot of our listeners already have our, our products. So this is not necessarily a sales pitch, um, but you know, you can use the, your your dash platform to set it up so that all of your documents can be signed without the homeowner even touching your device. And so, like Holly was saying, you know, first team is already ahead of the curve on this, where they're emailing out work authorizations or certifications of satisfaction so that the homeowner can sign it on their own device, which allows, you know, both for protecting your the homeowner or policyholder and your employees so they're not um, you know, trading devices or trading pens and paper, et cetera. 
I think that's really important. And the other thing that uh, um, that I think you guys are utilizing is is what is new, you know, process. I wish, you know, I wish I could claim that I. Well, I guess I don't wish I could claim that I had some foreknowledge of uh, of COVID, but you know, process kind of launched at a perfect time um, uh, for you know helping uh, people work through COVID because I I think you're right that getting as much intel on the job. Um, or about the job before you're actually on the job so that you can reduce the number of trips is so important. Um, and a big part of ProAssist is allowing homeowners to kind of walk you through the job virtually by you know taking photos that automatically upload back to your system. Um, and then, you know, making sure that they know, like giving them comfort in this time that you're, you know, that you are on your way and giving, you know, real time um uh, uh, arrival estimates using traffic and, you know, you know, where the tech is driving from as well as an, an alert that you're there. I think the alert that you're there is pretty interesting because, you know, people might are now probably thinking about how do I get my children into a safe space? Cause I don't want them to interact with people coming into my homes. There's they, they they need to kind of prep before, um, the doorbell rings, um, to, to feel safe about letting people in their homes. And so having that kind of automated, um, way of communicating with the customer, um, at least it, from the people I'm talking to has been really helpful in, in the COVID, um, uh, time. Are you guys doing anything else, uh, our technology or not, um, yeah. uh, yeah, it, we- it kind of deal with COVID? Yeah, I mean, I would say obviously we're using, we're able to email out to the homeowner the paperwork ahead of time. So there's no hold this, sign this kind of moment. And that's big. Um, We definitely are using Pro Assist. So it allows them to see who's on their way, when they're going to arrive, which takes away from the, hey, we had an appointment scheduled and the homeowner didn't know you were coming. Or worse yet, the homeowner's like calling saying, hey, where's your guy? Um, it eliminates that. And so it's just an additional service offering that I think helps separate us um, from different services out there. And then I would also say we use Lexor, which helps us manage whether it's an insurance carrier, an adjuster, or a contractor. How is their volume? Is it up? Is it down? What's going on with them? And it allows us to be able to communicate with them within that system as well to manage our sales process. So obviously we use a variety of the products that you guys offer. And I think all of them, I think the best thing for me is that, you know, you guys rolled out pro assist, I think this year. And so knowing that we've partnered with a technology company that is always looking to the future, um, I think becomes critical. We've already had homeowners where they'll take pictures and upload them to us. And, you know, it just, it, it helps us figure out how to save some cost savings on time and energy when, you know, we maybe can't be at the lost site as long as we used to. And it allows us to better prepare for how many people or how big of a crew do you need, you know, when you can kind of do some of that remotely, right? When maybe in the past you used to send a estimator or project manager out who would do the initial walk and take pictures, then you'd schedule a crew out. Now I feel like for us, some of that can all be done from somebody's living room or, you know, on a computer and a phone and it doesn't necessarily have to happen on site. And that is mass time savings. Not that we don't have really great traffic right now, but. (laughs) Right. And, and you look like, it's not like you're trying to shift the burden onto the homeowner. I actually think what you're saying to the homeowner is look, we are trying to limit the amount of time we're in your home. 
Um, and these are things we traditionally did um, ourselves. But it, the, the more you can do this, the more you can prevent you know people from being in your home or in and out as, as quickly as possible. We're not in you know close conversation with you as much as possible. And as much as we want to interact, interact face to face, like not everyone feels comfortable with that right now. And, and so here's a, a technology solution that kind of helps us uh, um, overcome that. Yeah. Sending a crew of two versus four because you have yeah. a better idea of what the scope is using technology. Right. right. I mean, that's a reality. It's not that we're not still going to go out. We're not still going to handle the insured and take care of them and restore their if it's a contractor, restore their home for us, restore textiles, electronics, but, you know, help restore their lives. And the higher the level of communication, the more we can be transparent through that communication, the better service that we are offering, especially since in today's day and age, that is the, the think about what's happened even in shipping and shopping where Amazon's turnaround time maybe isn't what it used to be um, because of you know, a high influx of volume. I listen to people all the time. Their biggest complaint is that lack of communication, not knowing when something's going to arrive. And that just might be toilet paper. Um, Imagine if it's, I don't know when you're going to get here and help me with these wet soaked. Right. And and now I'm home. So I'm way more needing it done (laughs) yesterday. (laughs) That's a hundred percent. Right. Yeah. I totally agree. Well, Holly, this has been fantastic. I think um, one, it's been great to just catch up with you because uh, uh, normally we would have seen each other thirteen times in the last uh, couple weeks or months, and and we haven't seen each other since. I think Elevate is that the last uh, time we saw each other. Yeah, the last conference would have been. I was going to say it was your conference, but no, then it was. No, we Elevate. went to Elevate. Yeah, um, and then. Was our first team national conference after Elevate? Oh, that's what I was wondering. I think it might have been. I think okay, it was so that, the last. That, that was, was the last, last time trip. we saw each other. Because <laughs> it was that, NORB was a couple weeks after that that got canceled. That's right. That's right, and that got canceled. And, and, and that. The, first of all, like your conference is really fun. I'm I'm always excited that you guys invite me to that because. The, the just the people that you guys have just at, not just like on your staff or um a, you know at corporate but i you know i get to be a lot of around a lot of different people and there's just so many great people that you guys have attracted um from a franchisee perspective like you guys just have great people around you and so one i enjoy getting to be around great people um, but I, I think that I, I still, I, I think you're holding back a little bit on what the magic <laughs> is of how you, it might take another podcast to get it out of you. I, I, I think it's probably your competitive secret sauce, but somehow <laughs> you and the rest of the people at first team have, have done a great job of just attracting great people. And, and that includes your other franchise, uh, you know, owners and the people they hire. I, I, I don't know that I can recall running into somebody who I just thought, yikes, you know, what are they doing Aww. here? Well, I feel the same way about the team at NextGear. I think you also have absolutely um, attracted some amazing talent. And uh, I, I love going to your conference. It's such a good time. 
Um, maybe too good a time. You got to start limiting <laughs> cocktails at the happy hour. But this is um, this is why we may not be in New Orleans. <laughs> New Orleans, whenever the next you know time will be, which we don't even know right now because of COVID. But yeah, <laughs> we might go to a little more low key place besides New Orleans. Right. Well, and I do. I encourage everyone. I try as best as I can to reach out because I really do miss all of my relationships that I have over the last 20 years because not getting to see everyone. I know some of you have gotten to see and do a Zoom happy hour here and there, and I love it. And it's always great to catch up with you, Garrett. You're definitely one of my most favorite people forever. So, And um, you too. Like this is... (laughs) This is uh, when when my team said we should uh, get Holly on the podcast. I'm like, yes, please. This will be so much fun. Well, Holly, again, thanks for your time. You know, anyone listening, if you don't um, you know, do your own textiles or your electronics, um, I highly recommend the people at uh, First Team. Uh, if I owned a restoration uh, company, um, that's who I would be partnering with. I think you know, working with people that you like. Uh, and that are good people and that do great work and have passion is, is so important. And having kind of a cohort of, of partners around you, um, you know, to uh, um, to kind of help you build your business and know that they'll treat your customers right is it's really special. And not always easy to find um, in this industry. And so I personally would vouch for this team, uh, the the first team. So if there's one in your area, um, you know, look them up. Um, if you don't have a relationship with them. Um, you know, reach out, Holly. I don't know what you know, I didn't plan this with you, so I don't know what the best way for people to do that is. Is, is should they go to your website? What should yeah, they do? I mean, you can go. We actually just uh, launched a brand new website. We just revamped it, so weirdly. Nice. So yeah, they can just go to firstteam.com, um, and there's a toll free number. There's a way to get in contact. You can click and access the local offices on there as well. And and just to be clear, because not everyone might know this, it's F R S T. E-A-M.com, yeah. <laughs> right? It's not yes. F-R-I-S-T. Yeah. Correct. Okay. It's first so, team, but there is no I in yeah. team. There's no, no I in team. Ooh, I love that. Okay. I like that. Okay. Yeah. So F-R-S-T-E-A-M.com. Okay. Perfect. Well, Holly, again, thanks so much for your time today. This is, I think, oh, the longest you. podcast we've done, which is sort of what I expected. But uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully for everyone else, this was uh, entertaining to hear Holly and I chat through kind of what's going on uh, during the uh uh, COVID uh, uh, crisis that we're in, plus just some general um, uh, tips and tricks about uh, uh, how to improve your business. If I were to just recap today's conversation, I think you know getting great people who are passionate around you is now even easier with uh, everyone that's uh, um, getting laid off in, in different uh, industries while our industry is still growing. Um, so, you know, be passionate, go get other passionate people, look at technology, really take seriously how people perceive uh, your business if uh, um, you're not being contactless or as, as little contact as possible. Um, and, you know, go out there and kill it. Uh, now's a great time to, to grow. Don't, uh, don't let anybody tell you that COVID is a time to retreat into your house and not grow your business. Figure out how to, to grow in this time because we're in one industry that uniquely has the ability to grow, uh, even uh, given what's going on. So thanks everyone for listening today. Holly, again, thank you one more time. Uh, You've been fantastic to chat with. Oh, well, thank you. Thank everyone at NextGear and Luxor and ProAssist. And thank you to all the contractors and carrier clients of ours. Um, You've definitely made it a fun ride. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's definitely been uh, very fun. Thanks, guys. So let's help more people. (laughs) That's right. That's a great way to end. Thanks, everyone. 
Thank you for listening to The Business of Restoration by Next Gear Solutions, a podcast exploring technology and the best practices in the restoration industry. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast provider.